What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. Hit me up over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. That is where all of our baseball and fantasy baseball content gets posted over on Twitter. Whether it be podcasts, articles, or different news and notes that get posted directly to Twitter, that is where you can get all of our content right in one convenient little feed. So EthosFantasyBB, that is the account to go follow. You can go follow my personal account as well, but I'm trying to drive you guys over to the Ethos account because that's where all of our new contributors are going to be posting out their content over the next year and indefinitely going forward. So make sure you guys hit the follow button. I know I've been annoying with that one. My apologies. I've been saying it every single day, uh, but I really just want to drive into you guys and new viewers as well because there are new viewers hopping under the pod recently. Just get you guys all following Ethos Fantasy BB. And it's, it's, <clears throat> it's true. There's been a lot of new people coming into the show. It appears uh, the downloads definitely went down a little bit in the months of October and November and in December too, like much less than we were doing during the regular season. Uh, probably about 50 to 60% of what we were doing. And now we're hitting, you know, we're we're surpassing what we were doing in the regular season last year. So it's great to see that growth. I really appreciate new ears finding the podcast. New eyes will be finding it soon as well as we go uh, start to transition a little bit into the YouTube side of it. That's another thing. You guys can go ahead and follow Sports Ethos on YouTube. Uh, you hit the follow button there. We do live stuff every single day. Uh, whether it be, okay, most days, maybe not every single day, but there's a ton of basketball videos, and I'm planning on doing some baseball stuff on the YouTube channel as well, uh, doing some live podcasts with people. We're going to be doing mock drafts. So Sports Ethos, wherever you guys can follow, show some support. We really appreciate you guys hitting the follow slash subscribe buttons. Now, today we're going to be going through some more news and notes. Some of it goes back to the weekend. Some of it is from yesterday, and there's one thing we're going to talk about that actually happened today, uh, just a few hours ago. I think a really good signing that is probably... I don't know how important it'll be for fantasy, but it's very, very interesting anyway. But we're going to start off with <clears throat> probably the biggest news we've gotten in the last 24 hours. It's not good news, <clears throat> especially because we're talking about a scarce position in second base, losing one of the top players at the position. We're, of course, talking about Trevor Story. And Trevor Story is going to be out four to six months, and I forget, honestly, what it was exactly that he has wrong with him now. Um, what what was it? It was the elbow. That's what it was. It was the elbow. It was like essentially, I think, kind of like a semi-Tommy semi John surgery that he underwent. Uh, it was something with the UCL. UCL is usually, usually going to lead to Tommy John surgery. Now, I don't think it's as serious as if it was on a pitcher, of course, but still something that's going to keep him out for four to six months. We're probably looking at the all-star break, maybe a little before, maybe a little after. This is going to be one that it's, it's really unfortunate. Obviously, Trevor Story, he had a bit of a down year last year. I was hoping for a bit of a rebound. His price is fairly reasonable, you know, uh, 73 if you're looking at draft champions. Actually, is this even draft champions? I think this is everything. Let me just make sure the filters are set to the right thing. Uh, let's see where he's going. Actually, a little bit lower, uh, 80 in these drafts that have gone since December 1st. But even more so, uh, I was hoping on getting some Trevor Story shares, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, depending on you know how big your league is, where you're playing. More of a discount than we've seen in previous years, you know, despite the fact that I've kind of poo-pooed the Boston offense. I don't think they're going to be that great. I was going to be in on, on Trevor Story. Now, you can't really be in on him at all here. He's going to still be drafted in draft champions because that's just the way it works. He's going to still go. He's going to drop down hundreds of picks. 
but he still will be drafted. In terms of your standard 10, 12 team, Yahoo, ESPN, those leagues we like to talk about here a lot during the regular season, of course. We can't do it so much during the offseason because there's no data there right now. They're ha- they haven't started their drafts. They haven't opened up their leagues. But, man, uh, I don't think you can draft him in your, in your 10, 12 team leagues. I think he's going to be somebody where – he'll probably end up being drafted as like a last pick last couple of rounds. And then he'll be stashed on the IL similar to what we were talking about with Liam Hendricks yesterday. He'll be somebody who is likely to be drafted, but I don't know that it's really going to make that much sense. I mean, sure. If you're in a 12 team league and it's your very last pick, it doesn't really hurt you anyway, just because you know, you're likely going to be dropping your last pick throughout the season at some point anyway, unless you get really lucky and happen to strike gold there. We're talking late 200s in terms of picks, and it's definitely still possible in those formats to strike gold there. But for the most part, you're you're likely going to be dropping these guys that you take, you know, post pick 250, even post pick 200 in those kind of leagues. There's so much value on the waiver wire that you will churn around your roster a little bit. So I don't really have much of a problem with taking him. I guess as your last pick, but he's going to sit there for quite a while. If you're playing in a league with no IL spots. It's almost impossible. You know, you're talking like main events in the NFBC where you don't, or any any NFBC league really where you don't have IL slots. I don't know that you're going to draft them outside of a draft champions where, of course, 750 players are taken there. You'll, you'll absorb the risk a little more, especially because his price is going to jump down. Uh, it's hard to even hard to even estimate where his price is going to go. He's probably, and I don't think, let's see if there's any, been any DCs that happened overnight. I don't think there would have been, but let's just see. Uh, just to, out of curiosity, just to see if maybe somebody did a draft overnight to see if he would not. Nah, there was no drafts overnight, so not sure exactly where he will fall, but he's definitely going to go down several hundred picks. Not somebody that I think we can be that interested in at this point. Now, when it gets to, you know, three, four months out, I mean, they say four to six months, but usually, you know, you'll go with the longer end of that timeline. Let's say we get to three months or so. Then you, you start thinking about, you know, you can eat some zeros for a few weeks, especially if there's some decent reports. You know, he's out throwing, he's playing catch, he's in the cage, whatever it is. You see some reports like that, then by all means, even if you don't have an IL slot, <clears throat> go ahead and grab Trevor Story. But as of right now, uh, he's going to have to be pretty much taken off your draft board. In terms of second baseman, uh, I'm still working through my second base rankings. Um, I haven't really gotten so, so deep in them. Now, he would have been fairly high up. Looking at now, <clears throat> I think that the place where you'd be drafting him is probably around, like, I guess pick 300 or so in a DC. Uh, roughly around pick 300, I think, is where he's going to go. Maybe a little bit farther. But honestly, looking at the names going around this range, you know, Brendan Donovan, he could be really good this year. He was good last year lacking counting stats but give you good batting average you know he was he was pretty good uh Luis Garcia Chris Taylor Wilmer Flores uh Isak Paredes Rodolfo Castro those are the guys going at second base between pick 300 and about 370 I think you're probably going to be more comfortable with story even given the fact that you're going to be you know missing a good few months of play out of him because even half a season of story is likely better than a full season of any of these guys so I think this is probably about the range if you start pushing it up a little bit higher, you got guys like Christopher Morrell, Brendan Rogers, uh, Luis Urias. You know, I would take him over John Birdie at this point, and he's going to pick two fifty. Uh, I think probably anywhere past two fifty would be where I would expect him to go in that two fifty to three hundred range, or maybe even a little bit beyond, depending on you know individual drafts will be very different. And the first few drafts that do take place now 
are going to kind of set that tone for where he's going to go. It'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that over the next few days just to see what happens in these DCs that, I mean, I'm assuming there'll be a few that happen over the next few days just to see where he gets drafted there. But as of right now, I, I can't be that optimistic about drafting him, uh, you know, anywhere close to where he's currently going, which is, like I said, a huge shame. He's the fifth second baseman by ADP. We're talking about a terrible position where there's only seven players even going inside the top 100 of ADP. So it sucks. It sucks for a position to lose a player like this. We kind of semi-lost Carlos Correa at third base yesterday, the day before, uh, because of the fact that we were assuming he was going to have third base. So it's, I mean, we didn't really lose him. It, it feels like we did because we'd already kind of banked on the fact that he was going to have third base. So it, it, in a way, feels like we've lost two players at you know very thin positions who would have gone inside the top 100 over the past 24. I can't remember what time exactly Correa signed. 24, 48 hours. Not a good time for these scarcer positions. And I guess you want to extend it further. Brandon Belt coming to Toronto kind of nerfs the Toronto catchers just ever so slightly, I think. So three kind of scarce positions all getting kind of screwed with over the course of 24, 48 hours. Not fun, but we'll plan around it. We'll be okay. Uh, Trevor Story, unfortunately, we'll take him off the board. But we'll reevaluate. We'll see what happens. Maybe he comes back sooner. Maybe he takes longer. We'll just have to see. We'll follow along here. We'll get, we'll keep you guys up to date, of course. But let's move on to our next topic. And this one honestly pissed me off to no end. I can't even tell you guys how annoyed I was with the Gregory Soto trade. Philadelphia, like real-life baseball point of view here, really solid moves that they have made in the offseason. You know, they have, they have really done a good job. They brought in Trey Turner. They've added some guys in their bullpen. Uh, they added a starter, too, did they not? Yeah, they added Taiwan Walker. That's who it was. It's been a good offseason for them. This trade makes sense from a baseball standpoint, I think. Gregory Soto going to Philadelphia. Uh, infielder Cody Clemens as well in exchange for Nick Maton. I think it's I think it's pronounced Maton. Uh, Matt Vierling and catcher Donnie Sands. So Gregory Soto is no longer someone we can count on for saves. Absolute bullshit from fantasy point of view Philadelphia has four closers they have four people who are more than capable of being a closer on a major league baseball team now I don't really feel I didn't feel comfortable drafting any of them when Kimbrell came into town now it's like oh Christ you know you just it's so annoying because like I said they were they should all be closers in their own right and now we literally have no idea what's going to happen with them. Gregory Soto is still the highest based on ADP because we're looking since December, right? In the last couple of days, I don't know if there's been any DCs to really go off of. But you got Soto at 172. You got Sir Anthony Dominguez at pick 200. You got Craig Kimbrell going at 303. And then we go down the board farther and we got Jose Alvarado at 452. All of these guys could be closers. Now we literally have no idea. Roster resource, God bless them. All four of these guys are listed as closers because we, we don't know what they're going to do. Like, I, I could make an argument, a sound argument, <clears throat> that all four of them, maybe not so much for Soto, should be given the chance to start the season off. I'm just, we're, you're handcuffed. We're completely handcuffed for fantasy purposes. I don't want to draft any of them at this point, even though I already have a share of Jose Alvarado, which feels probably useless at this point. I don't know, guys. Like, I, I love to come up here and have a fully formed opinion when I'm talking to you guys. 
It's not always the case. There, are, And you guys who listen regularly will know, <clears throat> sometimes as recently as my catcher show on Friday, the first part of it, I switched my rankings in the middle of the show because talking through it, I decided to put Kirk ahead of Rutschman just because the very similar profiles, Kirk's going to hit for a higher batting average, everything else is relatively a wash. I talked through that on the show, I changed my opinion. You do tend to, I don't know, people doing these kind of things, podcasts, analysis, whatever, like to come at you with a fully formed opinion on whatever they're talking about. And that is what should happen. You know, you should have people talking from a place of knowledge, not a place of ignorance. Now, that is not where I'm coming from here. This is not a place of ignorance. This is a place of we just have no clue what Thompson and the Phillies are going to do. Even on opening night, you know, they're up 3-2 going to the ninth inning. Who would they turn into? Depends on who they've used earlier in the game. But, you know, let's say Aaron Nola, opening night, goes eight innings, gives up two earned runs, and he's just brilliant. We need to turn to somebody in the ninth inning. I guess it'll depend on lefty-righty because there's two lefties, two righties there now. Anthony, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Craig Kimball from the right side, Alvarado and Soto from the left side. You assume they're going to go matchup based there. But again, I don't even want to speculate. And that's where I'm coming from here with the fully formed opinion stuff. I don't want to have a fully formed opinion yet because it would be from a place of ignorance because we just don't know anything at this point. I don't want to draft any of them. All four of them will be drafted. Now, in your shallower leagues, this is going to be an absolute, it's going to be a headache wherever you are. But in a shallower league, you're going to have people who, you know, one one player in the league will draft Dominguez, one person will draft Alvarado, one will draft Kimbrell, one will draft Soto. Maybe you'll have somebody take two of them, try and hedge their bets a little bit there. But it's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare for fantasy. There's no proper way that I can rationalize what they're going to do here. I have no clue. I think the best bet probably is Dominguez. But it could very easily be Kimbrel. It could very easily be Alvarado. Like I think of all the people there, Soto is the least likely to retain value. I think Dominguez and Alvarado already being there for last season, you know, they're a little bit already they're familiar with those guys. Craig Kimbrell has obviously the pedigree. He is a, a probable Hall of Famer at the end of his career. Gregory Soto is probably going to be the odd man out, but there will be two other odd men out too. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant to really give you anything, any solidly, like, you know, draft Alvarado, he's going to be the closer. Draft Kimbrell, draft, like, I just don't have any of those opinions yet because it's just way too soon. So if you're drafting right now, avoid it. It was already in the void when we talked with Greg Jewett a couple weeks ago, or was that a week and a half? I guess it was about a couple weeks ago. We're avoiding it already at that point. Now it's just even more confusing. From a real-life baseball point of view, this is a really smart move. They traded a couple of prospects and a catcher, Donnie Sands. I don't think he's he's much to write home about. No offense, of course. But I think that Gregory Soto for Matan and Veerling is, is really the, the basis of this trade. And this is what you do, right? You trade from a place of more depth to try and acquire players that you think are going to be able to help you win right now. Philadelphia... They just went to the World Series. Unexpectedly, no one was no one was expecting that at all. They've actually gotten better this offseason than they were beforehand. You know, you can maybe look at this team and say this is one of the better lineups in baseball. You can look at the rota- or you can look at the closers and the bullpen in general. Uh, it's, it's easy to refer to them as the closers because it's just they're all closers there. It's one of the better bullpens I think in baseball. It's definitely it's definitely in the top ten. And when you look at the starting rotation, you got Nola and Wheeler at the front end there. That is that is excellent. Now, it kind of tails off, of course. Taiwan Walker, Ranger Suarez, Bailey Falter. 
hit and miss. You're going to get good starts and bad starts from those guys, but you got an elite one-two punch. You got four guys in the bullpen who are really, really solid. Like Gregory Soto, I don't think he's amazing or anything like that. You know, he outperforms his expected metrics fairly regularly, but still another guy who has that experience pitching in high leverage situations. He's not excellent by any means, but it's another guy who who can be a closer. Overall, from a real-life baseball point of view, Philadelphia is going to be a team to be reckoned with. I think, you know, it's a very tough division, obviously, but that didn't stop them this year. I think that they've gotten better, and I think that we should really be keeping an eye on them heading into next year. You know, Castellanos bounces back a little bit. They get Harper back. Maybe, who knows when Harper's going to come back, but you put Harper in there with Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Mudo, Castellanos. You know, you got Derek Hall, who had, you know, stretches last year where he was really good. He had 12 homers and, you know, less than 250 plate appearances. Alec Bohm, who I'm a big fan of, Bryson Stott, who I'm also a pretty big fan of, and then Brandon Marsh, who could also be really, really good. So I am, I am, you know, I'm nowhere near a Phillies fan, but this team is very interesting heading into next season. You know, I think that we could see a very, very interesting team, uh, fantasy point of view and also from a real-life point of view. Obviously, the closers are going to suck for fantasy, but drafting players in this lineup should be pretty entertaining, man. If you have Trey Turner... You know, I've kind of moved off of him as my one zero one. I think he's still you can you can take him there. I think I'm going to go with Jose Ramirez just because of the scarcity at third. But you take Trey Turner, you take Schwarber, you take any of these guys at the top of this lineup. I think you're going to be pretty happy about it. It looks it looks goddamn excellent at this point, to be honest with you. Let's talk about one more thing for today. It'll be a relatively shorter show, and then tomorrow we are going to. I'm I'm still debating between doing a mock draft and doing first base rankings. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a mock draft, so that'll be a longer show. It'll be a little bit shorter today, though, like it was yesterday. And I'm doing this right after I said on Monday that the pods are going to start getting longer, and they are. Um, but for right now, these last two days, a little bit shorter, uh, very busy days for me. Tomorrow, not as much on the schedule. We are going to do, I think we're going to do that mock draft. We're going to do probably one over on Fantasy Pros. But let's talk about the last player that I wanted to talk about here before I let you guys go. And this one just happened fairly recently. Uh, in terms of you know when it happened during the day, it was just a couple hours ago. Nelson Cruz going to San Diego, one year, one million dollar contract for Nelson Cruz. This is another lineup that is just stupidly good, and we've talked about this. I, I'm I was saying it during the postseason that I thought San Diego was going to win the World Series next year. That was before Xander Bogarts. That's before they've made some of these additions. This team looks ridiculously good. Like, even as the lineup is currently constructed right now without Tatis, you got Kim, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, now Nelson Cruz in the six hole, Matt Carpenter, Austin Nola, Trent Grisham. That's, that's fantastic. Like, I don't know how accurate this is going to end up being because they have Matt Carpenter slotted in as the starting left fielder. I don't know that he's going to be the starting everyday left fielder. I think it's more likely that he's going to platoon with Nelson Cruz at, in DH. Uh, last season, it was 16 DH appearances for Carpenter, 12 times in right, five times at first, three times at left, and twice at third. He's a super utility kind of guy. I don't know that they put him every single day in left field. But regardless, this lineup is stupid already. You throw Fernando Tatis Jr. in there a couple weeks into the year, and, like, I don't even know who would be subtracted from the lineup. I think it would probably mean that Carpenter would go to the bench, uh, Grisham to left, Tatis to center, probably. And then you have Carpenter and Cruz, uh, you know, platooning there based on pitching matchups, one lefty, one righty. 
this team is going to rake. This team is going to be just ridiculously good. I thought so before their offseason moves, and now they've just they've really, really bolstered their offense. Bogarts, Cruz, and Carpenter, that's an offseason. That is a hell of an offseason. I know they haven't done too much else, really. Like, the rotation looks about the same. Um, bullpen looks about the same. They got Seth Lugo listed as their fifth starter, I guess. I don't know if that's actually going to stick. Will he start? I don't know. The The pitching, admittedly, looks about the same as last year. But this lineup, man, like, you throw Nelson Cruz in there. And granted, Nelson Cruz is not great anymore. Like, you know, he was someone who looked age-proof for a while, and we thought so even up until last season, 2021. He gave you 32 bombs. He hit 265. He was still very good. This past season fell off a cliff a little bit. And granted, it was probably very hard to remain motivated in that lineup for Washington because they were just piss poor, like seriously awful before they traded Soto and then they traded Soto. And the funny thing is last offseason, the Nationals were saying that they wanted to add pieces. They wanted to, you know, keep building and blah, 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 blah. And then they traded Soto. And I was honestly surprised that Nelson Cruz didn't retire midseason and just say, what the hell am I doing here? He's got some juice left in the tank. You know, maybe he's going for 500 home runs. He's 41 away. It's not going to happen this year, but maybe he gives you two more years, gives you close to 20 in each year. Maybe that's what he's thinking, because if I were him at this point in my career, 42 years old, he'll be 43 in the middle of next year. I would have just hung him up most likely, but he's getting a chance to play for a World Series, a legitimate World Series contender here. Uh, he's at worst case, like the worst case is he's a solid bench bat who can pinch hit for them late in games. He'll start some games at DH as well. Like uh, he's not totally done. Like he's still walking at a pretty good clip. Uh, strikeouts are not crazy. His ISO was the worst we've ever seen it last year. Uh, so the power is definitely waning, but you know, maybe he can still give you 15 close to 20 home runs. He stole four bases last year. He stole three the year before unbelievable that he's even been able to do that and you know don't expect that but it's just kind of funny to look at and see that he's stolen seven bases these last couple of years it's, it's easy to forget but Nelson Cruz had a 20 stolen base season back with Texas in 2009 followed up a 17 in 2010 he had some speed it's that's not really there anymore uh, but something to keep in the back of your head that he's probably not going to be a zero for stolen bases you know he's probably going to give you one or two I wouldn't bank on him I wouldn't draft him because of that or anything like that but he'll probably give you a couple steals. He'll give you some home runs. He's not going to kill your batting average for the career. He's a 274 guy. He's kind of bounced around, you know, as recently as 2020 and 2019 over 300. So I don't know if that's necessarily totally gone, but we have to expect a lesser version of him at this point in his career. Now, I'm curious because I haven't really been keeping track of his ADP. I can't imagine it's very high. He's probably, I think, oh, God, 647 is his ADP right now in D.C.'s. Now, he hadn't signed. Maybe he's going to jump up because he's signed now. Likely he will. He absolutely should go higher than 647. Like, that's – if you're getting him at that price, then by all means. There's there's some DCs where he didn't even get drafted. I guess people weren't sure if he was going to retire or not. If you drafted him, you're very, very happy. Now, the fact that he's only utility eligible does take away from it a little bit. But at this point, you know, I like I don't like to say – He's free because there's, there's always a price on whoever. But at this point, six forty-seven, you're you're pretty much talking about a free player at that point. If you're, I wouldn't be drafting him if you're talking about shallow leagues. I would leave him on the waiver wire, and then you know, depending on what happens lineup wise, uh, in maybe in preseason we see that they've announced you know he's going to be our DH or something like that. Then maybe you take a flyer on him last couple of rounds. 
for right now, in terms of those drafts, and those drafts haven't even started yet, but just something to keep in mind, I wouldn't be taking him just yet. I would be leaving him there. I would be picking him up if he gets on a hot streak, if he's announced as an everyday starter, something like that. But for right now, you know, as good of a value as he is at pick 647, I don't think he would be a value if you're taking him in a 12-teamer, even in the last round, last pick. You know, you're talking close to 300. I don't know that they would really even be worth it at that point. I think you're, you're pushing him up a little bit too far. But, you know, in DCs, late in, in your DCs, I would take him in every single draft if you can get him at this price still. You're getting at bats. You're getting some power. You're getting a steal or two with a decent batting average on a great lineup. So, And you've also got somebody who's kind of motivated to win a World Series, I think, as a side note. <clears throat> that's that's probably part of the reason why he's still hanging around. And I don't think Nelson Cruz, like he's bounced around a lot of different destinations. Let me just look it up real quick. I don't think he's ever actually won a World Series. Yeah, he's never won a World Series after that heartbreaker in 2011. I don't know how well you guys remember that one. The ball was hit to Nelson Cruz by David Freeze. The 2011 World Series would have been game six. If Nelson Cruz had caught the ball that was hit to him, then the Rangers would have won the World Series. He misplayed it a little bit. It was a tough ball. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't some routine lollipop. It was a tough ball. But, you know, that might be something that's still in the back of his head and why he hasn't retired because he wants to try and, you know, redeem himself in his own eyes or in the fans' eyes for his legacy, you know, be a World Series champion as he goes out the door. I think it's totally possible. I'm going to have a few bucks on San Diego to win the World Series next year. As much as it'll pain me, uh, I really like what they've done, and I think that they're going to be a fantastic team. So Nelson Cruz here, 647, call it 650 by ADP. He'll jump up a little bit now that he's signed, but even at 600, even at 550, I'd be I'd be all about it. I think it's really good value. But guys, that will wrap it up for us today. Appreciate you guys continuing to check us out during the off season. A lot of you guys returning to the show or maybe some new viewers listening. Hello, welcome. I appreciate all you guys. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the download button. You guys never miss any of our pods. They come out every single weekday, Monday through Friday, as we enter closer to the regular season. Odds are, I'm not going to promise, but odds are we're going to do some weekend pods as well. There's going to be a ton of content. We're putting together our draft guide. We're going to do mock drafts. We're going to have rankings. We're going to have sleepers. We're going to have busts. We're going to have the whole thing, and you guys can get all of it at Ethos Fantasy BB. You guys should really be following over there. Forget about my account for now. Just go follow Ethos Fantasy BB. That's where all podcasts, all articles, all everything will be released forever, forever and ever in terms of our baseball content here at Sports Ethos. So make sure you guys hit the follow button over there. You can check out the website and see it all for yourself at sportsethos.com. There's also a ton of Sports Ethos affiliate pages there on Twitter for basketball, hockey, soccer, not really soccer, uh, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, there's golf, there's gambling stuff, there's team coverage. We have it all, really, if you guys go check out sportsethos.com. But I'll leave you there. We'll see you again tomorrow, guys. I think we are probably going to do a mock draft. Maybe we'll do first base rankings or hell, maybe there'll be a bunch of news we can talk about. Either way, we'll figure it out. And one way or another, I will see you guys tomorrow. So take care. Have a great evening. And cheers, everybody.